the kingdom of thirst podcast my name is abigail kelly and i'm here with what 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 could i possibly call you my nemesis my love my light my lady fred i'll accept all of those okay your name is fred gebhardt it Uh, is you're right we share a wall unfortunately unfortunately for me i'm not that loud Mm. except when i'm talking to my grandma Mm. or yelling at the books that i read which is every day I also just crossed 70 books since uh, the start of July. Uh, Wait, since the start of July? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. So you can tell where my mental state's at. (laughs) Is that why we never see you downstairs? (laughs) Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, What do you do, Fred? Are you um, a man? What? (laughs) Is that your job? (laughs) I feel like my gender is being questioned right now, and I'm very uncomfortable. I am um, a filmmaker. Uh, I'm mostly freelance. I also do a lot of other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do, bud. Uh, all right. Uh, obligatory question that mm. I already know the answer to because we live together, and I never shut up about this. But how do you feel about romance novels? <laughs> um. Watch I, yourself, Fred. I, <laughs> Tread carefully. I feel a certain type of way. Uh-huh. Okay. N- negatively. <laughs> Have you ever read a romance novel? No. No. But honestly, well, actually, that's not true. I have read the first two books of the Twilight series. That I mean, counts that, as romance. So far, that has been the only consistent theme throughout this podcast. Yeah. Is everyone I've had on so far read Twilight and only Twilight. I mean, you're talking to millennials, right? That is true. So, like, I feel like everyone our age has read those books. I didn't particularly enjoy them, but I read them. Yeah. You weren't as emotionally shattered as I was when I read Twilight New Moon and Edward Left Bella, and then I swore off men forever. I mean... No. Oh, shit. Be- being a man. <laughs> Coming from the place of maleness. <laughs> uh, okay, I have another question. I'm uh, gay, by the way. What? <laughs> I, I had no idea. I just feel like that's probably good yeah. context for people. I don't okay. know. All right. Do you ever violently state your sexuality? That is the gay agenda. <laughs> is to shove your sexuality down everybody's throats. Mm. Don't look at me like that. Okay. Uh, another question. How do you feel about Star Trek? Oh. These things are connected. Okay. Um, I feel pretty good about Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, super fan, but I grew up watching it, Did basically. you watch the OG uh, Star Trek? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Oh. Are we getting <laughs> into this territory well, with I, this episode? I have another question. Mm. How do you feel about rashes? What? How do you feel about rashes? I don't enjoy getting rashes. But giving them is okay? <laughs> uh, I, I need specifics. What kind of rash are we talking about? So the crux of, first of all, uh, spoilers, spoilers. I always forget to say this, but if you don't know by now, this is like, you don't know by now that you're going to get spoiled for a whole ass book, if not multiple books at this point. I don't know why you're here. But... <laughs> We are doing a two-parter today. I have a question. Already. We are... So, okay. We are at... The loading screen is at 1%. Go on. Not even a percent. 
I have a question. Okay. Do you expect that your audience will actually want to read these books? I Are these desirable books? I. That's the thing is like, as much as we're going to laugh about these books today, I've read them twice each. Um, and yeah. I like I don't like to talk about books that I don't genuinely like, aside from ones that are historically relevant, re- relevant, mm-hmm. revel- relevant, mm-hmm. uh, relevant to the genre and the history of the genre. That's different. I, I critically examine those um, to the best of my um well, inconsiderable ability. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I <clears throat> the rest of the episodes, aside from that, short of me doing like a special or something, um, are all books that I do genuinely enjoy and books that I do want people to read. I'm not a person who really cares about spoilers for the most part. If anything, I find it kind of comforting because then I can know like, okay, okay, there's going to be like this part in the book and I'm not going to like that. But if I just get through it, I know it's going to end mm, this way. That's um, a good point. I, I find that pretty comforting. Um, and a lot of times that'll help me get through a series where like if it has something uncomfortable for me in it. So I do ultimately, if if at least if you don't read the books that I talk about specifically, they intrigue you enough that you go and look at the author's other works. Hmm. Um, and the couple of books we're talking about today, we're going to be doing a two-parter. This, uh, I feel so special. Well, you're not, but <gasps> it's fine. Well, I've been slighted. <laughs> every day. Every day in this house. Literally every day. Um, not enough, one might even say. You're right. Yeah, I know. I want more. <laughs> um, but the the books we're talking about today are a little bit lighter on the plot. They're both, I would count them as novellas. I think they're kind of on the borderline. They're less than 130 pages each. Damn. Um, they're companion novels. They're written by two different people, but who worked in concert with each other. They like oh, collaborated. Um, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's cool. They're a little bit different, I would say, in terms of writing quality um (laughs) but one of the authors is one of my new favorite authors i love her she's written a lot of really crazy books i mean by a lot of really crazy books i mean i think over 60 books like full length yeah her repertoire is deep it is wild the bench it goes on for a grip um ruby dixon she wrote the fireblood dragon series that, that i never sounds shut up about. like a poor name first of all absolutely you are absolutely correct i have no idea if it's a pen name she's almost entirely self-published i believe damn um extremely prolific she clearly has an editor her books are really well done uh, consistent problem is photoshopping covers i'm not gonna get picky about that but she she does really expansive world building really cool stuff and i would love for people to read her work i think she she deserves to be more widely known you, you might even say you'd like to have her work spread like a rash like a rash so today <laughs> speaking of rashes <laughs> we're gonna be talking about one of my favorite tropes in fan fiction, in sci-fi in particular, but I guess it's also in fantasy. It's kind of made its rounds there as well. Skincare? Uh, I wish. Uh, <laughs> I want everyone to have fantastic skincare routines. Skincare routines. Um, no, we're talking uh, about the have sex or die trope. I mean, I can relate. I know. I know you can, bud. Do you remember the episode of Star Trek, the original series, where Spock goes into Ponfar? 
not off the top of my head. So it's a really iconic episode. Um, and when I was looking into the history of this trope, because of who I am as a person, hmm. um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I was I was looking for it because I was like, it had to start somewhere. All of these start somewhere. And although it's disputed, um, like everything else in popular culture media and stuff like that and the history of it, uh, it's pretty widely agreed upon for the most part that this trope began with this episode of star trek and oh, wow the episode if you're unfamiliar is where spock basically goes into like a mating frenzy <laughs> and has to return to his home world because he gets like super aggressive and like mentally unwell and kirk has to return him to vulcan so that he can enter into a challenge to win his bride that he's been betrothed oh, to oh i do remember iconic this. fight scene between spock and and kirk mm -hmm. um because his intended bride chooses kirk to be her champion uh to take on spock um they're in love right i mean that's kind of so the proliferation of the trope began with people shipping spock and kirk together mm. via ponfar Fuck or die. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like it's it's a plot contrivance to just force people into intimate situations to spark romance, um, which is, you know, everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> so the crux of these books, we're starting with, you can read them in any order, I guess I did. Uh, it doesn't oh, really matter. Interesting. Because they're concurrent stories. So they, they tell a story of this pair of twins who are uh, aliens. Twincest? Alien twincest? I thought we talked about it. We're not. Brad? What do you mean? Banned topics. What do you mean? No. Uh, we, are, we are following twin brothers who are aliens. Okay. Aliens. Uh <laughs> who have come to Earth as assassins to take out another pair of brothers who are there to, like, do some nefarious stuff. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. All we need to know is that these two alien men are there, and they're trying to blend in. They have two days to take out their targets, and uh, plot contrivance, you know. <laughs> yeah, you need time limit. There's, like, this. these books have it all. They have, like, uh, assassin plot. They have, like... <laughs> undercover plot they have like earth destroying weapon plot plus countdown plot <laughs> plus buck or die plot like all of it every single one when you said these books have it all mm -hmm. made me think of uh who's that character on snl stefan <laughs> i wish i had his energy or his talent <laughs> yes all of it um and I have one last question before we dive into the very first of 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 these this godforsaken couple of books. Hit me. Have you ever been to Hearst Castle? Have I? Where <laughs> wait, where is it? It's here in California. Oh, is it like um It's not really a castle. It's like, it's like mid Cal, right? Yeah, it's like Central Coast. I've driven past it. Okay. All right. I have also not been to Hearst Castle. That doesn't matter because the person <laughs> who wrote <laughs> Okay. <laughs> who wrote the first of these books that I read and that mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about today, which is uh, The Alien Assassin Stolen Bride. Is that the title? That's the title. Oh, my yeah. God. Uh, by Michelle Mills. Okay. Uh, it's part of a, a sub-series that a lot of these, um, this community of romance writers on Amazon in particular have, like, contributed to called In the Stars Romance. Okay. Um, I think they just, like, take really tropey plots and make novellas out of them. Um, it's just a really fun little little series that they do. Um, it's very collaborative. That's cute. Um, but uh, they... <laughs> this woman... <sighs> a 
occasionally I encounter a book or or something in literature where you can tell that the person who wrote it is like really passionate about this thing and it like has no bearing on the plot oh, but they like no. they like go too deep into it like how i am with sewing like when i write about anything involving sewing i'm like okay. and then they use the whip stitch on this and you know mm. the fabric was this and it's like like they, they assume down. people give a shit when they definitely don't because you just know so much about a topic yeah. that you just like want to dump everything you have in there because i it feel that. legitimate um it's like how you can tell something is created by like a real doctor mm-hmm. you know like the difference between like people who think they know what being a doctor is and then like when an actual doctor consults on like a tv show or something right that sort of thing, except a lot of times it's a little bit too much in in writing because it's hard it's hard to get over that enthusiasm. You don't want to cut any of it out. In particular, the reason this stands out to me in this is because this woman Michelle Mills must fucking love Hearst Castle. I don't know if she's what? been there a whole bunch. I part of me thinks the way that she goes so deep into it, I kind of think she's worked at Hearst Castle. <laughs> Like she she has an affiliate link for for uh like people who buy tickets to go to Hearst Castle or whatever. I, dude, I I, I don't even I know have, if they sell tickets. I don't. They do. Okay, I know this because she talks about it. Oh. Um. And she's like, we go step by step through a tour, through all the buildings, through like the lit. She talks about like how the um like the different fountains and all the like oh what the paths God. are made out of and like these like staff access points and stuff like that this is like show don't tell but also don't show that much but please stop showing so much yeah. please <laughs> i know and also like it implies that the, the 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 main character hannah that she cares this much about hearst castle oh. and i'm gonna be i'm gonna be real real with you right now if that is the thing that she is the most interested in, <laughs> I think like maybe she shouldn't be the main character in this novel. She's is she like the um the people whose main character trait is wearing purple? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like someone who's like really into SeaWorld. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I feel seen. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah, or like someone who like loves to go to Disneyland. <laughs> Not that we know anybody like that. Well, that's my parents. That's not me. I'm also thinking of Paige. Oh, that too. Shout out to Paige. Hey, Paige. Um, so we begin with Hannah. She is in the lobby waiting for her friends to show up. And they're not really her friends. They're more like co-workers. At Hearst Castle? Yes. Great. And I can picture the inside of this place so well because now, like, I feel like I've been there. She, like, talks about all the, like the the like what's on the walls and she talks about the different restaurants and like oh the red hat ladies are there like she goes deep into it like so so deep into her the castle. red hat ladies have you ever seen red hat ladies i i don't know oh, well, okay so growing up in sacramento they were i've never left the house before i mm, okay <laughs> <laughs> um i feel like you would not be alive if you never left the house you're right we would have killed you already mm. Mm. yeah yeah um so red hat ladies are like this just like really nice group of like old ladies who spend like weekends together and their like thing is that they wear like these big red bonnets and like sun hats and shit um and they just go and do like tours of historical places and stuff it's just like a social club so it's a cult i mean probably they are wearing red and that does imply virgin sacrifice but who's to say wow I feel like if they were doing a better job, they wouldn't be old, though. What? 
I mean, if you're in a cult and you're sacrificing virgins, I feel like you would find a way to like not age, but maybe that's... But at that point, it's statistically more likely that you're not a virgin. Well, but they're not the virgin sacrifices. They're the, they're the cult. You can't be the cult and the sacrifice. I disagree. <laughs> okay. Well, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, so she's waiting in the lobby and she's waiting for her coworkers who she's just started this new job at a winery. Not relevant, but great. Her coworkers don't show up, and she assumes that she's been she's been uh, stood up. And she's feeling pretty bummed about this uh, because she doesn't have any friends, and she's this twenty three year old. Sad face. Well, I mean, her favorite thing is Hearst Castle, so I wouldn't want to be her friend either. Yeah, I don't know yeah. anything about her, and I already hate her. Um, my a little bit. my uh character. Summary of Hannah is as follows: A twenty-something woman on her own. Her main attributes are that she is desperate for friends and an unrepentant virgin waiting for the one. Booksome, blushy, and strawberry blonde. So she's you. I am none of those things. <laughs> also, did you say booksome? I did say booksome. Is it buxom? I don't fucking know. You're the person who reads a lot. I think okay, but that implies that like I know things and I don't. I have not. (laughs) I've never known anything in my life. I have not finished a single book in the year of 2020. That is a lie, and you and I both know that. Yeah, it is a lie. (laughs) That's a lie. What book have you finished, Fred? I read the first novel. Novel. An important distinction there. It it is literature. The first book in the Animorphs series, because I never read it as a kid. I was really hoping you'd be into it. That'd be fun. It was not worth it. Yeah. Like, it was, what, like, 90 pages or something? And, like, I couldn't. I I finished it, but afterwards, like, no. I, I can't read from the perspective of a 10-year-old little brat. Who's, like, in love with his cousin or something. Oh, my God. He was in love with his cousin. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... Kids literature, man. All right. So uh, somebody shows up and he says that he is a friend of her coworkers and they're going to go on the tour together. Her coworkers aren't coming, but, but you know, they're going to go together. And she's like, I don't know you. Sketchy. She, she feels this a little sketchy, but she, he knows their names and he knows that they're supposed to meet her. So she's like, well, okay, I did just start this job. So like, maybe I just haven't met this person yet because it was supposed to be like a coworker outing. Thing. Oh, okay. Which is not something anyone does, but no, but I I could I could buy that. Uh, yeah, I mean I, I would never, but shout out to, to my <laughs> friends who are also my coworkers. <laughs> I never spend time with you outside of, outside of work. Sorry, Jessica. Um, Go back a few episodes. Yeah. Um, so he is very tall. He's very very pale, and she immediately feels kind of like a dick because she stares at him. Um, because he's basically albino. Oh. And he's got okay. this really thick accent. And she's like, I don't want to be like an asshole and be like, mm, I don't know you. Also, you're weird looking. And also, like, she's kind of just like, I'll just get through this tour with this weird guy. Whatever. Damn. Um, judgy Hannah. I mean, what a, what has she got going for her, though, in I, her life? Listen, you you can't pick and choose when your only interest is her castle. That is true, but it is for the best that she's not interested in this guy because he turns out to be not only a uh, a terrorist and criminal and con man from outer space, but also okay. a rapist and murderer. Oh. Yeah. 
Okay. He is not our love interest. Uh-oh. Our love interest is the man sent to kill him. I so see. this man, I, I'm going to let you choose how to pronounce his name because I really can't decide. I know which one I prefer, but his name is spelled Harriet. I want to say hero because that looks sounds better and also it looks French. It's H E R I O T. So I'm gonna go with hero. Hero. I I don't fucking know. No. Okay. So I mean, I'm just gonna go with that. Harriet sounds terrible. But I kind of live for that. But then I would also that if if we're gonna call him Harriet, then I want him to be a lady because that would be more interesting. I mean, are you assuming his gender? Wow, canceled. I'm gonna. I'm going to be very real with you. We're going to get very intimate with this man very soon. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We we know what's going on. Oh, no. Yeah. Um. So he is watching from a distance. He spotted his target. He's been after him for several days. He has come to realize that this man not only needs to be killed because he's been sent there to kill him by his planet's military, but also because this man is seeking out uh, a weapon that is, for some reason, hidden within Hearst Castle. <laughs> Oh, boy. It's a, it's a special space crystal. It's a crystal huh. that they must find, which is very, very what it is, you All know? right. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, and so he knows he has to destroy that, and he knows he also has to kill this man. But he can't kill them in front of humans, because then everyone would know that well, he's, an, he's an alien. Um, and a murderer. Well, I mean, he doesn't care about that, but like he, if he if he exposes himself as an alien to humans, um, then he forfeits his pay, and he doesn't want to do that. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, there's so many layers to this, right? So he sees him, and he sees him walking with Hannah, and uh, somehow, from across this distance, I don't know how far he was away. It's I assume pretty far, but it doesn't seem to make a difference because Hero inhales some of Hannah's pheromones. <laughs> Hero? Hero? Uh, he inhales some of his, her, her, her pheromones and uh, immediately knows that this woman is his, is his true mate, his, no. his, his one and only his woman. Oh, my God. His woman. This, this is the worst trope. Um, it's gonna get rashier. What I need, honestly, my main goal uh-huh. right now is to figure out where this rash comes into play. Okay, so here's where we're gonna talk about it. This man is six foot tall, six foot something, right? He's 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 huge, relatable. He's, I mean, you, yeah, you, I mean, you are that. Yeah. Tall. Um, he's he's built like a brick house. He's white as a sheet. I mean, white white. They have zero pigment in their skin. Also relatable. Um, not true, but yeah. Um, <laughs> They're never gonna know. <laughs> no, um, and he he has like white gold hair. He like he's described as looking like a, a cross between a Viking and an angel. At least that's how Hannah describes it. If you can trust her judgment, which I can't, but it's fine. No. Um, <clears throat> and he is from a planet. I'm not gonna talk about what the planet's name is. It's what they do. One of those things where like it's like a consonant. Like apostrophe, Ugh, yeah, the, the, yeah. The worst planet naming trope ever. Just a, it's just a sci-fi trope to make it sound sci-fi. Um, Does it have numbers? No, it doesn't. Well, 
good. Yeah, small small mercies. But the the key like biological thing with them is that these men who have not met their their true mates, their their one and only, um, they experience what's called the flush, and that <laughs> whenever they are around females who they are genetically compatible with and who they find attractive, their body responds with like an increased amount of testosterone that makes a violent red pigment rise to their skin and it's extremely painful it's extremely hard to forget about like they just become like unrelentingly horny out of nowhere is that why i have a rash all the time because we're in the same room uh don't talk to me like that fred please not in the sanctum i'm I'm in love that's unfortunate for you (laughs) (laughs) don't make me get out my sword um uh so of course, it is that much worse when you do spot the woman that you're supposed to be with, right? Because, right. like, you're, like, triple the horny. Well, and you're just not attractive in any sense, I'm no, assuming. No, they become, like, Kool-Aid red. Like, really, like, violently Ooh. fire truck nasty, nasty red. Like, like not, something is clearly wrong. I'm like, going to leave you well, to it. The problem is that, like, once that happens, like, before that, they can pass for human-ish, right? Because mm-hmm. they're, like really super pale but otherwise whatever like there are pale people in the world um once they are fire engine red True. you cannot pass for human so that puts in like a, a problem there with his his plan to take this man out because right. he can't be seen he can't be seen as not being human um but he also realizes that the man he's targeting must also be suffering from this because he's around all these unmated women as well so He's like, how is he going to stop this from happening to him? Right. And he realizes that... He's gay. Well, that that is not a thing that comes up, but that's a good point. He could have been gay. Right. Um, But he realizes that the guy he's targeting um, is almost certainly going to use Hannah as relief from this Damn. while he's searching for the crystal. So he is going to assault Hannah and then kill her uh, so he can relieve the flesh. <sighs> so it becomes rescuing her from him and also killing this guy and also not being seen and also finding this crystal all in Hearst Castle. That is so stressful, specific, and strange. Yes. I've I've made you a visual aid. (gasps) I'm so excited. So as soon as uh, Hero kind of uh, inserts himself into... um, <laughs> inserts himself into Hannah's company. He basically forces his way onto this bus with her and puts himself between him and the guy, exposing himself to the guy. What? Which, like, by being like, you know I'm here. I'm going to kill oh. you. Just deal with it. I'll deal with you later. But get away from my lady. Listen, in a romance novel setting, saying exposing yourself just, you know? Well, Hero does end up doing that. Oh. Yeah. Um. Because, uh. so I've made you a, a fancy, fancy visual aid. Oh yeah. Um, to show you uh that once he is in Hannah's company, how 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 you should visualize like the time passing and what happens over time. Um, okay, is this? <laughs> I love it. Is the horny meter? The horny meter. It's just like um, fuck. What is that? Uh, Lilo and Stitch, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So good. Also relatable. Yes. Uh, so Hannah's like, this guy is really hot, but okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, and and so Hero is kind of like, okay, I've got my I've got my lady. She's safe from him. I'm gonna get him. He's he like immediately runs off. 
to go get away from Hiro. And he's like, I'll deal with that later. But in the meantime, I got to get my lady. Because he also now has to convince her to leave the planet with him when he goes. Because That's not very hard. Well, just, just tell her there's a bunch of Hearst castles in space. Well, he literally does that, actually. <laughs> oh my God. Where she's like, can you believe how beautiful this place is? And he's like, this place is a shithole. Look at my house. And he like shows her his tablet and it's like a castle in the sky or some shit. Wow. And she's like, hmm, seems okay. Sorry. <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> um, but my job at the winery. Uh, and so. You know, she, like, thinks he's really hot and he's, like, clinging to her or whatever. Um, And he is entering into more and more agony as the minutes pass by. Okay. Um, And the only way that he can be relieved, well, there's two ways. Either he can take an antidote, which kind of wipes out the testosterone for a while, but also, like, makes everything numb in his body for, like, a grip. Um, But, like, it'll help clear his head and he can just deal with it and get the job done and then bring his lady back onto his ship and get out of there and they can deal with everything later. True. But if you've ever tried to walk on a, like, a sleeping leg. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. He can get the job done. But the alternative to that is he needs to sleep with Hannah because the only way to permanently get rid of the flush is to sleep with your, like, true mate, which just means, I guess, like, you're biologically the most compatible. So by, like, taking in their, like, biological material and, Ugh. like, like sweat and shit, like, you, yeah, you, you, you're cured. But I don't know. You only need to do that. Hello? English is my second language. But you only need to do that once, and then you're good forever? And, yeah, and then you never have the flush again. Damn. But also, like, you're, like, married. Oh. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So, you know, there is that. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. But then you'll never get a terrible full-body rash that starts at your dongus uh, ever again. So, like, fair trade, I think. I don't yeah. know. He could... I mean, theoretically, right? This wouldn't happen because this is a romance novel but theoretically mm-hmm. he could have just banged her and then left her on you know of course on the planet and then just been off but of course he's not gonna, he's not gonna do that that's not, how this, that's not how any of this works how would you choose like would you like deal with that for the rest of your life or like settle down with that one person or whatever who am i in this scenario am i hannah or hero you are hero i mean i would well, part of it is that, like, that person is deemed as, like, the most attractive to you ever. Like, mm-hmm. if you're, like, biologically, like, wired to want them. So I, I don't think, I think I would probably just, like, take them with me, right? Because it's, like, you have your perfect match. Like, there's kind of no reason not to unless you have, like, a, a severe commitment problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd be like, yeah, I'm down to, like, be with the one person who I'm genetically like the most attracted to ever and will ever be. Yeah. Seems like a stupid thing to leave behind. I guess. I mean, I feel like I would just deal with it for the rest of my life because like I don't trust that. Well, yeah, you're also even a though it's biology, slut. but like <laughs> also that. Um so so he's trying to convince Hannah and Hannah's like, what? And he very quickly realizes that like okay, I need to take my antidote because there's no way this, I can't do all of these things at once. Can't deal with this. So he's, Sweating profusely. Yeah, he's sweating. He's like turning redder and redder. She's like, are you okay? He's like, I'm, I'm allergic to things. Um, so he goes behind a column and he, and he goes to eject himself with this antidote. And he's startled by a couple of pigeons and he crushes the antidote. <laughs> Those damn pigeons. Never trust the pigeon. Honestly, true. It's, yeah, it is true. And that is why it's V's favorite bird. Because they're trash I, birds. 
I have feelings about that. Anyway, I go can't on. say anything because my favorite bird is a crow. So crows step are up, but interesting. Not yeah, well, the carrion birds eat flesh. It's fun, right? Although I'm pretty sure pigeons would too. We're getting we're so off topic. Okay, all right. So he can't take the antidote, and then he realizes a couple of things. Um, he's going to be wrecked in about like 20 minutes. Yeah, and also she doesn't know that he's an alien because she's allowed to know because she's his mate. So like, right. that's fine. But everyone else is going to know as soon as this boy is like Kool Aid Red, his his shit's wrecked. Um, so he proceeds to try and convince her that he's an alien, and what happens now is like hmm. this ridiculous conversation where she just dismisses everything he says as he's like a cosplayer oh, or like God. playing a joke on her like he's got pointed ears he's like look and she's like i could do better with with a couple of like spirit halloween ears that is so aggravating i hate that <laughs> it was really it was a lot he like shows her his like special tablet thing and she's like mm. finally she she is coerced into believing this when he pulls down his pants wait in public they like go behind like a bush oh okay but yeah uh he pulls down his pants and reveals his very extremely red dongus like unnaturally red i mean i've seen some weird shit so i mean as i i'm trying to think of like how red like this could possibly like unhuman you ever seen someone have a sunburn on their dick I don't spend as much time at Castro as you do. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Um, uh, so she believes him and he convinces her that uh, this is what's happening. And, and she's like, okay, so you need my help. Like, we need to go get that guy because he also tells her that, like, what he was going to use her for and what she very narrowly escaped. And she's like, oh, my God, that's terrible. At which she very quickly also realizes that. That means he's going to go do it to somebody else and probably already has already raped and murdered another woman in her castle while they've been together. Holy shit. Very dark. Um, and she's like, so we need to go get that guy. And he's like, listen, I can't like function right now very well. <laughs> You're too hot. <laughs> You're too hot. He's got sexy disease. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's like, okay, what do I need to do? And, and so she gives him a handy. It happens. These Ugh. things happen. It's it's nasty to think that all of this, again, is happening with an intimate knowledge of Hearst Castle going on in the background. So fucking weird. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm watching like a like a highly produced porno at Hearst Castle. There's so much happening. Like, it just yeah. makes no sense. It's worth noting that Hero is also a virgin. But. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But we're. Well. Hmm. How does it make you feel? It makes me question what virginity is. I mean, that's that's the whole ass conversation, isn't it? But I don't know. Like, I feel like if if you're raping someone, that's not. That's I mean, not... he's not. He's not doing that. Hero's not doing that. His target's doing that. No, the other guy. The um, what's the target's name? His name is Fuck You. What? <laughs> I, I'm not. That's not a joke. His name is Fuck You. What the fuck? <laughs> His name is Fuck You to Antor. No, it's not. <laughs> you are lying to me. <laughs> I, I really wish I was. Oh my god! I've avoided saying it because it's very silly. That is so dumb. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're just no, gonna have to get past this. No shade to the author, but that's not a good name. It's a, it's a joke. It's a funny. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a. It's a you can't joke. have a rapist villain and then name them something like that. <laughs> yeah, like the combo is a little. It's 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 a little rough. Mm. Um, so Hero is relieved. <laughs> In the bushes. Oh, good. And his his rash recedes for a time. Uh Uh-huh. But it's not going to last because it can't. Because, again, have sex or die. And this is, I will say that it's not like a actual, it's not a legitimate have sex or die situation. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think he can actually die of this. But it's extremely painful and, like, debilitating. Have sex or want to die. Have sex or get a really bad rash. (laughs) I can relate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so they 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 chase this guy down. There's like what happens for the rest of this novel is essentially this woman talking about Hearst Castle <laughs> a lot and and just <laughs> not sponsored, not sponsored by Hearst Castle, but low key sponsored by Hearst Castle. What if it was? I wish, but she did not disclose that, which is in bad faith. Um, so. They go through all of these buildings. Again, clock is ticking down. He only has until basically, like, sunset to get back to his ship to catch the gate that will then close because Earth is, like, a forbidden planet because it's so primitive and all this stuff. It's, like, a whole thing. Because basically we're, like, too stupid to be introduced to the rest of the intergalactic community. that's so real. And the whole time Hero complains about how filthy our planet is. He's like, the air is disgusting. The soil is disgusting. I hate this place. Wait, when was this written? Um, I think, like... Like twenty twenty eighteen something like that. Like, okay. Yeah. Um. And uh, <laughs> just this stupid novel. I love this novel. Very fun. They they end up like fooling around in like a pool area again because his rash starts coming back. Yeah. And the day is saved by Hannah basically realizing that the crystal that they're looking for cannot possibly be out on display because it would have been out on display for over 50 years and yeah. it's unstable enough like there's no way it she would have known because she's such a fucking nerd she's a she literally calls herself a Hearst Castle geek stop yeah which is not a thing girl you except need... for maybe this author <laughs> you need a different hobby or interest I mean just her, if you're gonna pick one Hearst Castle that's like I feel like most people who have, like, a really specific, like, niche that they're super fucking into, it's, like, a thing that's constantly evolving, right? Yeah. But, like, Hearst Castle, like... Specifically, yeah. It's just... It's... It's there. It's a, it's a place. Also, it's a really weird, like, if I had to pick, a, like, a historical monument or something to be interested in, the shipping of, of uh, art and historical artifacts from Europe to decorate a rich man's house is in that California. All that shit was? That's all it is. Basically he he shipped wow. like all of this stuff, like he dismantled like parts of cathedrals and stuff like that in Europe and had it reassembled into his own recreated Mediterranean village. I wish that could be me. That is something you would do, yes. <laughs> it's extremely gaudy and ridiculous. Yes. Why um, yes. Like the she talks about the pool room and how the like tiles in the pool room are made of like fourteen karat gold. It's very, it's very much. It's a lot. Uh, Doing the most. But she realizes that this crystal cannot possibly be out somewhere. It has to be right. 
hidden away or like in storage so like they go to this like warehouse because apparently she this this woman must have worked there like she must have because she goes into so much detail about like what kind of lights they use in the warehouse and it's like stuff that you don't need to know at all yeah great and they so they find the crystal and there's like a showdown with a guy and hannah ends up stabbing him in the heart you know wow yeah that's so rude of her. Yeah. And Hero's like, you'd make a good assassin. That's what we're going to do now. After I kidnap you and take you to my planet. And she's like, what? Huh? <laughs> Excuse me? Uh, Wait, and is is the huh copyrighted? I can't with that. You know I can't with that. I know. That's why I did it. He does it all the time. <laughs> so often. Is it, I, I don't know if I prefer that to the screaming. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, you've never screamed in your life. No. Uh, So... The book culminates with Hero having Hannah drive him in what is essentially her Prius. No, it's not a Prius. It's a Honda Civic. I have to ask, why yeah. didn't you say the book climaxes? That just feels Because I'm not a monster. You are. You've literally trapped me in your closet for two hours. We've, we've only been here for 40 minutes. Well, it will be two hours. It will be two hours. Uh, his brother has, has brought his ship... Hidden behind like a, a sea cliff. Oh. And it's Fourth of July, apparently. Okay. And fireworks are going, which like triggered me a little bit, if I'm being honest. Oh. Uh, yeah. Shouldn't be doing fireworks right now, buds. No. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. the fact that fireworks are still going on, like on a nightly basis for some people, is like insane to me. I was like, mm, maybe not fireworks. Mm. I'm from California. We can't do fireworks. I can't no. do it anymore. Um, PTSD. Yeah, no thank you. Uh, but fireworks are going off, and he tells her that they they need to jump off the cliff to get into his ship for some why, reason. Why can't he just, like, zoom up Why a can't bit? he just, like, raise the ship? It's a good question. I don't know. Um, but okay. H- Hannah has not, up until this point, decided that she's going to go with him yet. <laughs> She's like, will I? Will will I not? I don't know. I mean, she has no friends. She has nothing else. She has no friends. She has no family. She just started this job. Mind you, she's also 23, which yeah, like honestly, at that point, just fucking go with this alien. Like, if you had all of those things, like just also just go with the alien. Yeah. Um, but there is also a part of me that like cringes at this because I've read so many alien romance novels at this point that like I'm used to. There, there's like two different types of alien romance novels that I've encountered. And one of them is like this sort of thing where it's a very rosy view of like what happens. And then there's another type, which is where human women get abducted to be sex slaves and are horribly, horribly, horribly treated right. in the universe. Like, like a like a octopus tentacle ovipositor situation. Yeah, yeah they're like pets and they're kept in cages and, and crap, right? Are you going to have me on for that episode? <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, and usually, like, the meet-cute is them being rescued or something by, by okay. a nice alien or something like that. Or them landing somewhere or whatever. Right. Um, so, so when she's, like, finally decides to just go with this guy, there's a part of me that just went, like, you don't know that you're not going to be a sex slave. True. You don't know. <gasps> Baby girl, no. <laughs> Ooh, girl. Yeah. Ooh. Um, but she goes with him, and she she decides to, to in a very not heavy-handed at all metaphor jump off the cliff with him oh my god and onto a spaceship i'm embarrassed and then then they then they do it then they do do it 
uh, after he makes her take a shower because of all the dirty air uh, from Earth that's on her skin. Once again, I can relate to this character. Can you? No. No. I just, I just thought I would say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I just you, thought I would blazingly lie. Yeah, you are not a neat freak like this guy. No. Which is not a thing until like the last like ten pages of the book. Just where random throw. Yeah, like, oh, in don't there. you know that I'm like a neat freak? And I'm like, no. How could we possibly know that? Other than you've commented on how dirty the planet is, that does not imply to me. Anyway. The book is fun. The trope is fun. It is ridiculous and campy, uh, but the idea of, like, the sex or die trope manifesting right. as a full body fire engine red rash. We stand. Like, we do stand. That is very, <laughs> very fun. Um, this one of the two books is not my favorite. Uh, the It is very fun, but my favorite is the next one we're going to cover oh, in no. part two, uh, which is... <laughs> Alien Assassin's Convenient Bride. What does that mean? In the next one, we are going to be exploring fake relationship tropes. Ooh, exciting. Very exciting. And also more rashes. That's what I came here for. That's what we all come here for. All right. All right. Are you excited for part two? I am flooding my basement don't flood your basement don't flood your basement we're in a very small space don't be doing that okay fred you have anything to plug do i oh do my you? god now i'm nervous i know i told you this would happen oh my god holy shit you have too many things um honestly i do have too many things but i feel like the two things that are most thingy mm-hmm. would be my personal instagram at fred gebhardt at F-R-E-D-G-E-B-H-A-R-D-T. And if you're looking for like a freelance filmmaker to hire, you can visit my website at www.fredgebhardt.com. All right. Uh, if you want to read this book, I highly recommend it. It's very fun. It's very short. Um, it's only, I think... Uh, like 118 pages. Um, oh, damn. You can find it on Kindle Unlimited. Um, I'm sure you can also find it on Michelle Mill's website. Uh, I will put the link in the description of this episode. If mm-hmm. I know, I'm so I'm so professional. I'm finally so remembering to do this. Professional. It's like a crash. It's like 50 percent of the time I remember to do this. Damn. Uh, you can follow me on Kingdom of Thirst uh, on Instagram. You can follow me at Kingdom Thirst on Twitter. You can email me at kingdomofthirst at gmail.com if you have any recommendations for books I should read to oh, torture my friends with. Yeah. Um, uh, anything rashy, I'm into it. Wait, we're friends? No. Oh. You weren't counted in that. Okay. You're my love, my light, my lady. Okay. <gasps> uh, goodbye. Bye. Bye.